You're listening to Draw Knives, a Top Chef recap podcast with your host, Bernard and Nadia. Hello, all. Welcome to the Draw Knives podcast. This is Bernard. And Nadia. And we are here with a special, special bonus episode here interviewing season 19 chef testant. I love that's a new that's a new word that just yeah. got created on on Top Chef. Uh, chef that says Jackson Kalb. Uh, is that correct, Kalb? Is that how you pronounce it? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Welcome, uh, Jackson. Welcome, Jackson. Thanks for having me. Um, we just want to tell you. I don't know if you listen to our podcast at all, but we have fallen more and more in love with you week by week. We have. <laughs> uh, you're on my fantasy team, and I just want to tell you, like, thank you. Let me just start off with saying. Thank you. <laughs> you you um, have been incredible to watch. Just incredible growth. It's it's been it's been so fun. Um, so we had some questions for you. Uh, we wanted to ask you first. We read several places that you started working at thirteen as an apprentice at two star Michelin restaurant. Is it Melise? Melise, yeah. Melise under jo- Josiah Citrin, and worked there throughout high school. Uh, like giving up weekends and holidays. Um, we need to hear more about this because I think every chef I've ever spoken to, when they talk about, I started working when I was, you know, in my my dad's restaurant at, at eight or 10, or they have some sort of connection. This seems crazy to me that at 13, you started working at this extremely prestigious and you know, I looked at photos. I've never eaten at at Melis, but these photos of like gorgeous food. It must have been so um, formative for you. But I'd love to hear. We'd love to hear the story about how you even got that job. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it it absolutely was formative. Um, I started getting really into cooking just by chance at the, around the age of eleven. So I was I was sick with mono or something like that, just totally in bed and couldn't get up exhausted and flicking through TV bored out of my mind when I wasn't sleeping. And that's back when food network was just people cooking on TV, right? Yeah. It wasn't all, all these reality shows and television, yeah. whatever. Right. And I just got hooked for some reason. I don't know why it's not my, my parents are not in the industry at all. Um, and I started what I like to call, um, a complete disaster in a dumpster truck on fire. Um, but at the time I called it a catering company and that was at the age of 12. Uh, and, and someone at one of the parties knew the owner of this restaurant. It was called Malise. There was no Michelin rating at the time. This was 2002 or three, I believe. Um, and I was told that I could meet the guy just if you want to, Hey, you want to stop by and you know, catering for me back then was really poorly done chicken Caesar salads for anyone who was going to give me the cost of food plus 30 bucks. Right. I mean, it was a complete mess. Yeah. Um, but someone was nice enough to introduce me to this guy. And I came in in shorts because I just wanted to see what a ch- uh, kitchen looked like in a real restaurant. Right. And he's kind of a gruff dude. He's, he's very straightforward and honest. And right when I get in there, he goes, where the fuck are your pants? You're, you're cooking today. Hey, like <laughs> he thought I wanted massage. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'm all sweaty and this fat tub of lard 13 year old. I'm just like calling my mom, like, mom, I need pants. <laughs> like, very nerve wracking. The very first thing I ever did ever, ever was debone rabbit comb feet. Oh my, my very goodness. first task in a professional 
Oh my what? goodness. Yeah, and you right? stuck I, with I, it. Yeah, the fact that you, you stuck go, with it is unbelievable. You didn't go running the other yeah. way. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I don't know what drew me to it because this was also kind of right before Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. And, you know, other than Marco Pierre White, it was the only thing that that I really, really latched onto at that point in my life. But it was before this like cool, sexy, chefy. Awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like chefs are like rock stars now. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. And I was very nerdy and I still am very nerdy. Um, but that was, yeah, there was just something about it that I loved. And while I was there, they actually got two mission stars. So I can't say I have anything to do with that. Sure. But I was sure. cooking back there when it happened. That's incredible that you got to like witness that happen and be part of it. That's it and you worked there throughout your entire, basically high school, like middle school and high school life. You work there. Correct. Yeah. And what I'd like to say is, you know, I got lucky, right? Like I could have found some Joe Schmo corporate banquet hotel chef and met them and started working there. You know, I had no idea what I was walking into. Uh, And I think that is a a consistent theme throughout my life and my business Mm -hmm. career so far is just strokes of luck left and right. I mean, it's well, I didn't get here because of my skill. Sure, sure. Well. I, I want to ask really quick about that, though, because you went to Cornell, correct, after this? Correct, yeah. So you went, instead of going to like CIA or well, Johnson & Wales or some sort of culinary mm-hmm. school, maybe even somewhere foreign, you know, Paris or England or something, you decided, I'm going to go to Cornell, which is like the number one hospitality school in, in America. And so I think it's really fascinating because I'd love to hear the, the like, just quickly, the reasoning between not going to a like traditional culinary school from that experience. Like, was it just one of those things where it's like, I feel like I have a good grasp of like food and like what it takes to cook, but I'd love to know more about like the business end of things. And that's why, like, I'm just curious, like what is 18 year old Jackson Cowb like thinking about? How does, how is he deciding? Should we do the PG version of that answer or not? (laughs) You you give us the answer. You feel comfortable telling it. Look, okay. Here's the thing, right? When I was working at Malise, I kind of, I started doing the most mundane tasks, right? The rabbit confit was interesting, but what I was doing for that part of it was actually very mundane, right? It's like pick through tiny bones and cartilage and remove it, right? I wasn't like cooking the confit myself. I wasn't sous vide and all that. So I went from these like mundane menial tasks to standing in the back and seeing how the dessert chef does some things. And I see the banana with the sugar and the torch. I'm like, oh, cool. I want to play with fire. I'm 12, right? Yeah. And it's like, all right. Now I see them scooping out the, you know, the frozen mousse to add a dollop of the canal of the sorbet. Oh, cool. Can I like scoop out the thing? So it's ready for you. And that's how I started getting the dessert, the pastry. Then, you know, someone was going down in the kitchen. So this chef de cuisine at the time said, Hey, get over there. They need you for fish. Just like figure it out. Right. Help them with something. Don't mess it up. Right. Um, So I kind of bounced around the entire kitchen that way. And I, I grew as a cook or whatever you want to call it in within that kitchen to be not a leader, right? I wouldn't say that, but really just kind of an ambassador for Chef Josiah. Mm. So if he needed something, I would be there for him, whatever the task was. And I was, I would manipulate myself to be that way. And I'm telling you this because I would help him with a few events. And when I would go to these events, he would bring in culinary school students oh, and to each their own, right? Let's be honest, Grant Ackett's one of the best chefs in the world. He went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. But my impression of it at the time was these guys don't really know what they're doing mm-hmm. at all. Some of yeah. them are like almost done with culinary school, looking for a job. Um, 
you know, some of them just didn't really seem like they cared or loved it. And I heard how much it costs. And it's like, for me, from my perspective at that point, it's like, what are you paying for? I don't get it. Right. I've learned more than the people that I surrounded myself with. Not every culinary school student, just these, this few handful, this bunch. And it just didn't make sense. Um, I mean, I think on top that, of that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But I was just no, going to no, say, please. I think that like a lot of times when you meet someone who like went to CIA or something, right? Like what you are, what you do get a sense of is the, first of all, their passion, right? In terms of like mm-hmm. clearly investing mm-hmm. that much time and effort into doing it uh, is important, but also they're learning, like the argument is like, I'm learning the bases, the basis, like mother sauces and, you know, all these like specific things about working, like what, you know, like what's, what's concerned uh, uh, by the industry is like, this is the base foundation of what you need to know to like work in a professional kitchen. But I think that there there's a huge gap between having a degree from CIA versus actually working in a professional, like two-star, three-star visual restaurant, like just a huge space in terms of like knowledge base. Uh, and I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. No, no, it's a good point. But I mean, you, you know, to that, to your credit, right. Yeah. You get that base. And I think it is important to understand those fundamentals but how many fucking brown sauces do you see nowadays? It just right. doesn't exist, right? right. Like, it's like, why do I need to take a course in sugar sculpture? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, mm-hmm. I'm never, I will never do that. I'm sorry. It's just not right. So I'm not saying that's what the course entails. I don't know, but. For sure. Yeah, just, well, who knows? Maybe brown sauce is coming back 2022. <laughs> yeah, the year of brown sauce. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, um, you know, the other thing for me was. I got into Cornell and I'm not a straight A student. I've never loved school particularly. So that was kind of a shock. I think, I don't know if my mom would admit that she thinks I'm brilliant, but I think for me, it was a shock. And I actually had to be convinced to go because I got into Michigan as well. And it's like, Oh, like I want to go to party. And yeah, like it was, sure, that would have sure. been the worst decision of my life, by the way, between culinary school, Michigan and Cornell, like Michigan's an amazing school sure. but yeah. for what I want to yeah. do. I mean, Cornell is the gold standard. They're the number one. So they're number one. And like every, uh, like an old roommate of mine, she graduated like top of her class at Cornell. And was like, when I went, we actually been to the Cornell campus, uh, and I was like, this is uh, like, I could totally understand why someone would visit here and be like, I just want to spend as much physical time here as possible. It's beautiful. And the food actually in Ithaca is quite good. Like the food uh, yeah, is actually yeah, like in yeah. the town, un- like in Ithaca itself, like restaurants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like, wow. there's a bunch of really great restaurants in, yeah, it's really, and the coffee's great. It's, it's a whole, all, all sorts of things that you wouldn't expect, but, um, yeah, Cornell's lovely. Um, well, so I went to visit in May and it was snowing. And I'm from California. Oh. So I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> not I don't, for I don't, me. <laughs> we need school, right? Like, that eh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, Jackson, <laughs> though, you, you, you probably get that also in Michigan, though. Michigan's worse. <laughs> no, no, no. Snow I effects, yeah. Lake effect snow is rough. <laughs> yeah. rough. No, look, I wasn't saying it was rational, right? Like, sure. Choosing right. a school based on like the party scene is not how you educate yourself, right? Well, no, but at eighteen, you know, it's a very exactly. different reality, yeah. I suppose. Exactly. Um, yeah. And now you currently work with your wife, right, at your restaurant, Wake and Lake and Jame. So, talk to us about what it's like to work with your wife, and I guess her role also in um, in your restaurant, and and also how did the two of you meet? Ah, okay. So I am actually only a partner in Wake and Late. Um, okay. I don't run the stores. Um, we own okay. Jame, we own Ospi, and we are okay. opening Gemma Damari in Brentwood mm-hmm. uh, in a few months. Um, so we actually met um, 
at Hillstone Restaurant Group. I used to manage for them straight out of college. Uh, and I was actually her boss and I had no idea that she was interested in me. Uh, I just assumed like she was one of those servers who was like way out of my league. So like, doesn't even matter. Like didn't even cross my mind. Honestly, I didn't, I had like, normally I'm pretty perceptive with people. I get kind of a sense of like, not in just a sexual way, like in any capacity, I can kind of tell and like understand people. Mm -hmm. I had no idea with her. So I leave book a one-way ticket to Italy, run out of money, have to come back. Um, You know, I, I get invited to open another restaurant as an executive chef. And I invite her on board to be manager. Cause I was like, man, she was, you know, killer with, she just made people feel good. Like we always had good things to say about her. And then I started realizing and it was, it was very surprising to me, but, uh, I guess for the better, right. Yeah. She was interested in me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting That's a great story. love story. That's a great yeah. story, Jackson. Yeah, That's really great. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, if everyone could see your face right now while you're talking about your yeah, wife, you're, it's you're very, very sweet. red. It's really sweet. <laughs> she, she is, yeah, she's amazing. She's my rock, and I absolutely would not be where I am today if it weren't for her. And it's, you know, she, she again, especially when we started Jane, like she was all about doing whatever it took. And honestly, I think she was doing that to live out my dream because sure. she understood mm-hmm. how passionate I was about it. Right. She loved the restaurant industry, but it was never her ambition to just mm-hmm. open a bunch of restaurants. Um, but that hospitality and that care for others, uh, and that includes our staff, right? Not just guests. That was something that we both wanted to drive home and she does that better than anyone else. But now it's like for all the stressors in my life, she is like that thing that centers me back wow. into place, which is sure. so I cannot stress the importance of that enough. Everyone thinks it's all about just go, go, go. But mm-hmm. man, like that is that is the priceless side of it. Uh, sure. I mean, you, you, so you got to be working for something, right? Like yeah. you can't just right. be like working for your own ego because eventually right. you'll burn out. And we've heard that before. we've heard that story many times mm. from chefs. Uh, they build the empire and then they have no one to share it with. And then they're like, right. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. My next question here, it, you know, looking at the wake and bake late, late menu, I feel like I know that we know the answer, how, how you're going to answer this, but I'd love to know constant conversation in my life with friends, with foodie friends, tater tots or French fries. No, ah. Very, ah. very, ah. very ah. careful. Ah. Jackson, be very careful how you wait, answer wait, this wait. because Bernard, Can, Bernard is. I have very strong opinions about. <laughs> he this, does. He has a. And I'm, I'm nervous that you're actually going to answer incorrectly. What I want to hear. I want to hear. There's no incorrect answer. First. Well, Bernard. clearly there is, <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> and actually, I, I, well, you know, I actually disagree with Bernard. Yeah, we I disagree. Feel, We've know. had very like lighthearted <laughs> conversations about this, but no, no, Jackson, as a chef, let's hear it. Which one do you like? More. So, so do I have to do I have to get to hear your opinions first? I just have to go no, no, no. for it. You have to go for it. Anyway, <laughs> right. We'll tell you about what we think right after. Well, either yes. way, you know. Okay, look, I think the answer is yes. So, what I mean by that—that <laughs> that is a non-answer. It, wow, it depends, right? Oh, in a I burrito, see. I see. In a breakfast burrito, you mm-hmm. can't do fries because if you do fries, they it, get soggy, yeah, right? True. Yeah, true. But if you do a Cali burrito. Actually, you know what? A Cali burrito would probably benefit from tots. But like on the side, I want a perfect French fry. Can't be beat with a lot of things, right? Steak, burger, whatever. God, you're so diplomatic. It's annoying. Uh, so diplomatic. The, uh, the, yeah. the correct answer, Jackson, is tots. Okay, no. It's tots. See, it's French they're, fries for me. They're perfect. 
They are a perfect. I love tater tots. Like but... post shift. Come on, this is Jackson, don't... also how nice my wife is. We've been having a little oh. stressful day, and she just yeah. Can't oh. tell you that's my beer. That's my beer. I am. Like, it? Everyone, it's funny. All my friends, they're like Bernard. You have you like have worked all these fancy restaurants. You and it's like all I want is a six pack of Stella. When, when they come over, it's just hysterical. Um, See, I'm a Coors Light type of guy, but I'm not going to admit that on public. This isn't being recorded. Anymore, so. <laughs> no, no, this is all off the record. We're good. <laughs> um, uh, well, what would you be doing if you were not a chef? Is there another craft or a skill that you'd like to be better at? You know, I guess going back to what I said at the age of 11, it was really nothing that I truly legitimately loved and i just found this cooking and i didn't fall in love with it for these business opportunities or because it was cool because it wasn't cool at the time i can't imagine a life i mean often i do imagine it right outside of food like oh if i just did because i'm my mind for better or worse is entrepreneurial and i say for worse because sometimes i just shoot in 50 different directions and make mm-hmm. it that crazy and i understandably mm-hmm. so but sometimes i see myself in other industries and I just see myself being miserable. There's just no other option for me. This is it. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, I think, uh, as both Nadia and I are both parents and we, the one thing, thing we tell our, we want to tell our kids as they get older is, you know, you want to pick something that you, for what you do for, with your life that you love, because it's not work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's mm-hmm. really what it mm-hmm. comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last question here um we looked at the jam dinner menu i texted it to nadia mm-hmm. we both were like i have my fundamental question because there's like 10 different handmade pastas at this restaurant on the right side of the menu do you guys do a pasta tasting menu because yeah you know, like how would, how would do that? you know here yeah the, like see i i would love to do that i really would so that kitchen the whole restaurant is 990 square feet when oh I say God. we had, Whoa. and going back to luck, I mean, the fact that we even found a place at all to mm-hmm. start was just insane. Um, and that's a story for, you know, another, another time. Sure, sure. Um, it's just wild, but our kitchen is tiny. So to do a pasta tasting menu, would it's like, I've tried to yeah. do that logistically, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just great. I mean, we don't even have space to store. Like we have a guy in the, I can call it the back, but it's like, you know, four foot walk around. Yeah. Constantly going back and forth on busy nights to just refill the stations because there isn't enough space for anything. Wow. I mean, it, it it is crazy the kind of system we've developed for that little restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll when Nadia and I come out to LA together, we're just gonna come sit at the restaurant. And we're just going to order all of them. And, and then just, it'll be our own it. tasting and then, menu. And then, yeah. Chef, you'll just have to, yeah. you know, stagger it for us okay. like, two yeah. at a time. We'll just keep going because I am, I will carb up all night long yeah. on this. I will right. do it. Um, the, this has been nothing but a delight to have you tonight, today. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Chef, before we go, why don't you tell us, is there, tell us a little bit about the restaurants you have. Maybe I know you mentioned maybe a project or two coming up. If there's anything you want to mention at all. <clears throat> Yeah, so Jay Minoteca is in El Segundo, so right near the airport. If you're ever flying in and want to hang, we're about 10-minute drive from there. OSPI opened in the middle of the pandemic in Venice. Uh, and for anyone asking, I don't recommend opening a restaurant for the next pandemic. Uh, it's not a good idea. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> no, but we made it. We made it. Um, yeah, and then we're opening Gemma de Mare. It will be seafood-focused Italian in Brentwood, and that should be ready late summer, early fall this year. That's so exciting. Fantastic. That's wow. amazing. You're busy. 
That sounds amazing. Um, We are so excited to see you in the rest of the season as well. Uh, I am uh, keeping my kids up tonight to watch it because my my son is a huge Jurassic Park fan. He's five and he's like upset when I showed him the preview. He's like, I got to stay up and watch that. So Uh, we're going to watch tonight and do that. Um, But again, thank you so much, Jackson, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Nothing but incredible success for the rest uh, of your career as well. Sure. Thanks, guys. Really Thank appreciate you it. so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. You can show your love for the Draw Knives podcast with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this on social media or send this episode to the Top Chef fans and foodies in your life. <laughs>